shine, if, imagine this is a flashlight. If I shine this flashlight over there, who is it going to shine on? Who's that? Who's me? I don't know who me is. Shania. It will shine only on Shania. But then if I turn it over and shine it over there on that little girl who's not facing me, who's it facing? It's on Aria, right? But this is what God can do through just simple people like you and me. When we walk around, there are lots of people who don't have a flashlight. They don't have light in their world. What happens when you don't have light in your world? You can't see. That's one of the first things. But what also happens when you cannot see? All right, so, ah, that's better. Now I don't need to shout. All right, so what happens is you bump into stuff, correct? And that's what's happening right now all around us. We have a lot of friends. We have people we go to work with, and they're bumping into stuff. So what do we do? Based on what we feel, we will say what we think it is or what we think the solution is. But how many of you know that the moment you turn the light on, you know exactly where everything is? Right? You're not no longer like fumbling around. And that's what God wants his children to be like. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. <coughs> okay, how many of you know how to do the floss? How many of you can floss? <laughs> Who can do it better than me? Is anyone going to? Okay, let me, let me see your floss. Go ahead. All right, who, you can floss? You know, that, that's more of like a Charlie Chaplin something. Okay, who can floss? Come on, Caleb, I know you know how to do it. Okay, Lyra, Lyra, Lyra can do it, all right. There you go. Okay, so can everybody, do, this is a rocket ship, right? Everybody make a rocket ship. Okay. Now I'm going to create a new dance step, okay? It's called the penguin waddle. Okay, stand up. All the kids stand up. Do your penguin. Do your penguin waddle. Penguin waddle. Penguin waddle. You got to turn all around. So guess what you are doing? You are imitating what I am doing, right? And guess how people started flossing. I bet there was some guy who was like, I know, I'll think of something really silly, and everybody will do it. And guess what? Everybody started doing it. Now there is something called flossing, when before flossing was only something you did with your teeth, right? It's because people 
imitate something they like. Are you someone in the way you live, in the way you behave, somebody that other people go, oh, I love that penguin waddle. I'm going to do it. Oh, I love how that person's kind. Ah, I'm going to do it. Oh, I love how this person did not get angry when someone took away their stuff. They were very kind in return. Oh, I can do that. I like that. Are we people that when people look at us, they say, I want to imitate that. So what is God telling us over here? In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, therefore be imitators of God. As what? As, as children. Now guess what? A lot of you, whether you like it or not, are like your dad and mom. Are just like them. Okay? So, sometimes my son, he looks a lot like me, but he also looks a lot like his grandmom. He looks like his granddad. And guess what? There are certain things that we do because we've just seen it. The way granddad sits in his chair. You know, you also want to put your hand on the chair the same way granddad does. We love to imitate the people we look up to. If you are a child of God, how many of you put your faith in Jesus? How many of you believe in Jesus? Okay. All of you have access to talk to God all the time, right? You can talk to God in the night, in the daytime, when you're having a good day, when you're having a bad day. And guess what? He wants to show you what he's like. He wants to show you, this is who I am. God is kind to you. So he says, now go be kind to them too. This is how you make waves. In 1 John chapter 2. So we're continuing with, for those of you, the adults who are doing the homework. We're still working through 1 John. We're working through Philippians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 5. Ephesians chapter 4 through 6. We're still working through those passages. And now little children, 1 John 2, 28, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him. Sometimes when we do not practice the things that our heavenly family is like, God is like, like a certain way. And then if we don't practice these things, if we don't do the things that someone in our family does, when you see your heavenly father, suddenly you're like, whoa, who is this guy? Because I'm nothing like that person. And God does not want us to ever be in a position like that. So what does he tell us to do here? Stay close to me. That word abide is the word stay close. How many of you on the street, sometimes when you're walking with your dad or mom, they say, stay right there. Right? No matter how old you grow, there's something in moms and dads where they'll just do this. Right? At the corner of a street, they'll just do that. What does that mean? Hold my hand. Hold my hand. I know you think you saw the car coming, but you didn't. I think you thought you saw the walking man on the lights, but don't go yet. Because the cars might not have seen you. So there is something about staying close to your dad or mom 
that helps you see things that you might not see. Remember we talked about light? What does light do? It shows you stuff, right? So you don't bump into stuff and other stuff doesn't bump into you. So when you hold on to your heavenly father's hand, this is when you know Jesus and you talk to him, that's your way of staying close to him. When you read your Bible, that's your way of staying close to him. So when you stay close to God, guess what happens? You start to see more stuff. You start to see the car around the street. You start to make sure that just because something says go, you don't necessarily have to go. You can wait. God thinks about you being safe too. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we, are, what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we will see him as he is. God has designed you for a life that is not like the life that your friends out there live. He's designed you to be close to him and do things with him, okay? No matter how old or how young you are. For the 60 and 70 and 80 year old in this room, God has designed you to stay close to him as his beloved child. <coughs> in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says this. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. That you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and no and is no lie, just as it is, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Stay close to him. Guess who lives inside of us? God, specifically, his Holy Spirit has been given to live inside you and walk with you and say, I'm going to teach you. This is how God is. This is who your heavenly father is. You never have to guess. You never have to guess what God is like. You know how sometimes we're like, oh, I wonder how go who God is. Guess what? Talk to Jesus and say, Lord, show me who you are and God will show you he will teach you even things that you don't think people think you can understand since I was a little kid there were things that my heavenly God my heavenly father taught me that I was like I did not try to understand these things but God showed them to me but guess what what is the key with God ask and you will can you say that with me ask and you will, if you don't ask you, say that again. If you don't ask you, ah, the problem is we want God to just like download, like from the cloud. It should just come straight into my head. 
I don't want to spend time with God. I don't want to read the book. How many of you have prepared for a test that way? You don't want to read. You're like, oh, I understood it in class. We had some of that in our home the other day. I don't need, I, I know all of this stuff. Well, we had to retake a test too, right? But when we get to a place where we think, I know enough Christian things. I know to go to church. I know just to pray. But am I talking to God or am I just doing something? This is where God says, I want you to understand. I will teach you if you just come and talk to me. But very specifically, he's given us the fruit of his spirit. How do you know that you have met with God? There's going to be certain fruit that comes out on your life. Where does fruit grow? Trees or in a garden, right? If it's strawberries or something like that, it's on the ground, right? So there are, if, you, if you have a really good garden, you get nice fruit. If you have nice apple trees or pears or whatever, you'll get fruit. Guess what? Your life has fruit. But what kind of fruit does your life have? What kind of fruit does your life have? I'm asking adults too. Don't give me your Bible answer. I'm, no, but I'm asking what kind of fruit. Yeah, that's good. But what kind of fruit does your life actually have? Ask yourself that question. If someone was to eat from my tree, what are they eating? What kind? Is it, is it mean stuff? Is it, I will not share anything? This guy's very sting, stingy or mean. Or is it this person loves people so much, he gives me, even when he has only one piece of chocolate, he lets me have most of it. When somebody did something bad to him, he didn't do it back. Is that the kind of experience that other people have when they see me? So Galatians chapter 5 talks about it. It says, the fruit of God's spirit. And where does God's spirit live? So what's the kind of fruit you're going to get? We're going to talk about it. The fruit of the spirit is love. Can you say love? love. Hands across your chest. Love. Joy. 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 Okay. Peace. Patience. Wait. Patience. Okay. Kindness. Can you say kindness? Just one, one thumbs up. Goodness. Two thumbs up. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. I can trust you. You can trust me. Faithfulness. Can you put your hand across your chest? Okay. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Rub your arm like this. Gentleness. Self-control. Can you pull, pull together? Hold on. Self-control. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Joy. Peace. Then what else? Patience. Kindness. Goodness. 
And what? Faithfulness. All right, let's watch that. Okay, we're going to learn this, okay? And I'm going to test you guys next week downstairs. So are we ready? I'm going to get you guys to sing this song with me. We're going to learn this together. You can stand up with me if you want. Come on. Good job. Good job. All right. For adults too. Now you know Galatians chapter 522. All right. So if you, if you didn't know this, it's good to know it uh, because this is the fruit that you were designed for. All right. This is, you know how sometimes if you, if you want an apple tree, do you go to the garden store and buy uh, peach seeds? You do? Or do you buy strawberry seeds? If you want apples. No, you don't. Right? So similarly, when God made you, he did not make you to just have any kind of fruit. He was like, you need to have God kind of fruit. So the seed that is inside you is what? God's spirit. And what kind of fruit comes out? Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Good. Kindness. Goodness. Yeah, faithfulness, gentleness, self All right. Now, I know by myself, all of that is not possible. All of it, not just some of it. All of that is not possible. So over the next few months, downstairs, we're going to spend a week on each of these. Okay? We're going to talk about what God wants to do in our lives for those of you who are kids. But for those of you who are upstairs, understand that God has designed you for this. 
This is not a hope. This is not a maybe wish. The DNA you have is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is your DNA. So when you block that off, what is actually happening? You're not abiding close to the one you're most like. You will imitate the things you see. Is that who you are? I'm not a flosser. I'm not a good, I mean, I can't undo that. Because I don't run in those circles. Like my, my kids ask me, can you do the orange justice? And, and, and can you, I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, I wasn't born in this decade. Or, or the last two even, right? And the thing is, when you see the kind of things that are really, really so easy for a generation, like, how do you guys do it? Because we don't imitate the same things. And you will imitate the things you spend most of your time with. So for adults, the kind of TV you watch, guess what? It's not just passive. You're going to imitate what you spend your time on. It's not passive, the language you speak when you're at work. It's not passive, the kind of emotions you allow yourself to entertain when people say things. We're right now in an environment where people are saying a lot of things. And everyone gets inflamed. It's like setting a match. We have love, joy, Patience. Wow. How do we have that? How much of that fruit comes out in my life? Think about it. First John chapter 3 and verse 4 to 6. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. <coughs> I want you to understand the meaning of this. Lawlessness is a Bible word. The, the, the root word there is a decision to go a certain way, and that is my preferred path. So it is, when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, lawlessness is its opposite. Lawlessness is saying, I have no regard for any boundaries in my life. I don't need an authority over me. I don't need anyone telling me what, how I should live my life. I get to do whatever I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Whether you're a kid or an adult, you have to remember what you practice is what you will get good at. So when we as children of God... As a light carrier, if I put my light down and say, guess what? But other people will not think I'm cool enough if I don't do this. Other people won't want to play with me too much if I don't do that. Or people at work will think I'm weird if I say that. It's going to cost. But make no mistake, if you practice sinning, you're also practicing, and this is the word way. It's a way of lawlessness. It's a road that you get used to. 
It's the root home. When you go home, you go home to lawlessness. That's your root home. If you make a practice of sinning, guess what? Eventually, home is where? Sin is. So that's what God is trying to alert us to. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. That's a very confronting statement. What is it alluding to? What is it talking about really? That you're never going to fall short? Nope. That is why I gave you homework to read the first book of John. If you don't read first John, you will misunderstand statements like this. God wants you to be someone who stays on the path, not just because he's going to hit you. No. That's not his intent. That's not his goal. He's a good father. He wants to train you to be exactly who you were made to be. So when he takes away sin, he says, I know you will fall. I know you will stumble. But if I'm in the light and you are in the light, you have fellowship with me. You and I spend time together. So don't run around saying, I don't have sin. That's what First John chapter 1 talks about. So don't go around kidding yourself like, oh, I don't have any sin. Why? Because Jesus saved me. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so clean now. Guess what? You're going to stumble at some point. But you don't expect to make that your way of life. It's not a way of lawlessness. So be someone who stays close to God and makes that your primary goal. Whether you're a kid in first grade or whether you're someone who's past retirement, you can never stay close to God if you are constantly looking for other ways to fix life. So the scripture is very clear. You cannot keep on sinning and then say, well, I belong to God. Because this is a way that says I have abandoned the way of God. I've chosen a different way. Beloved, it says in 1 John chapter 4, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see if they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. There'll be people telling you all kinds of things about how your life is to be lived. Some of them are in churches too. So you got to be careful. It's not just Bible talk that will help you walk the way. The issue is, am I connected to the vine? Am I seeing the fruit of the spirit? Does that make sense? It's a very simple test. It's not a complicated one. Is there an outworking of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Is this something that's having a con? It's like churning out. Out of the people I spend my time with. Guess what? If the people in your church group are not generating this kind of fruit, you might need to find different friends. If it's happening in this church, which it does, where there isn't a bearing of fruit in some of those areas, we challenge one another to that. This is what the family of God was for. 
Not to just simply say, well, our church doesn't do kindness. We do truth. We're, we're all about the truth of God. Absolutely, be about the truth of God. But if you're not bearing the fruit of kindness, it is not truth. So if you're a kid saying, but he did that to me. But he did that first. How many of you say that? He did it to me first. But guess what? Oliver, you have Jesus in your heart, right? So you say, Jesus, I feel very sad about what they did to me. How can I show them the love that you gave me and the patience you have with me when I do something wrong? How can I be patient with them? Yeah. And sometimes you don't know. You sometimes just need to wait a little bit. Just wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to tattle on each other, okay? But what we are going to do is we're going to make sure that we say, Lord, help me. Yeah, when something like that happens. When something like that happens, we're going to be say, Lord, help me to be kind to them when that happens. <coughs> For spouses. Hey, whew, fruit of the Spirit. Here we go. Love, joy, peace. Uh, I mean, all eight of them will be tested on a daily basis. And you have to make a choice in your household. I lay down the right to myself. Self-control, being faithful when you feel like, but you haven't. Who do I belong to? I belong to Jesus. Can you say that with me? I belong to Jesus. It's seriously that simple. It's not complicated. The moment I come back to the simple roots of who I am, I stop trying to define myself by what I feel. I stop trying to define myself by what I feel. Did you hear me? Because emotions have a very strong way of convincing us that this is absolute, endless truth. While it could be circumstantial, God gave us our emotions to tell us where things are, to show us, to give us little maps. But they are not the arbiter of how I live the rest of my life. So I need to learn to be sensitive to what God has given me. So if I see my wife is hurt, that's an emotion, right? That comes from being let down. That comes from a lack of faithfulness that is seen. So my job as someone who pays attention to an emotion becomes saying, God has given me the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, help me to be someone who's faithful in the circumstance. Help me to be someone who covers over with gentleness because I've hurt somebody. Then... They have the opportunity as a child of God to let go of that emotion to say, Lord, I now want to let that fruit grow. The fruit of gentleness back. The, the fruit of faithfulness back. These things start to grow in your garden and it becomes a fruit that is seen all year round. Not just in some seasons, in all seasons. How many of you parents are ready for summer? 
How many of you are ready for the plans that summer brings? Yeah, there you go. This is one of those places where you as parents get the opportunity to stop before the event and say, Lord, I ask for the fruit of the Spirit to be evident in my family through the summer. For every season that you go through, don't wait for the crisis before you ask for the help. And this is where I want to end. And we know, this is in 1 John, actually in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 through 22, it says, Do not despise prophecy, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. This is specifically talking about how we handle when God speaks directly. But this is also talking about the general building up of the church. First Thessalonians is talking about that. Okay? Now, the problem is we're looking for problems. How many of you look for problems in your life? Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest issue in the church. We listen to something... Okay, I want you to hear me really carefully. We listen to people talk. You listen to me preach. You listen to someone lead worship. And somehow this is a trait in the evangelical church. What we are looking for is what I disagree with. We're not looking for places of agreement. We're looking for how much I can stand. We're looking for how much I agree with. Or to say that I disagree with the rest. And what the scripture tells us to do is test everything. But what am I testing for? Am I testing for junk? Read that verse again. Can I have that verse back? Test everything. So don't despise when God speaks. Test everything. And what does it say there? Or just kind of accept it. Or just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that was pretty scriptural. The doctrine was solid. Is it one of those things? Mm -mm. What does it tell you to do? Anyone know what the word hold fast means? It means don't let go. Grab it and don't let go. And this, if the church started practicing this. Children, if you started practicing, when your parents speak to you, you're not looking for, well, you didn't tell him, and then this didn't happen, and when he, you gave him 15 minutes, and I got 10. Instead of looking for all the problems, what is it that your parent is saying? What is your God saying to you that you can lay a hold of? Grab onto it and hold on tight. And then as a result, I will abstain from every evil. I do not allow myself to be polluted by what is not of him. But what is the test for? The test is for good. The test is not for junk. When someone goes to a gold mine, they're not testing for dirt. They're testing for gold. If I find the gold, I keep the gold. I'm not going to throw away the gold and talk about how much dirt I collected. Right? And that's kind of what we need to get used to in the church. 1 John chapter 5, and this is where I'm closing. We know 
that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. What, are we, what have we been given? The ability to know and understand who God is. It's not a cheap thing. He allows you to spend time with him. So don't just leave it there. Don't be like, ah, I guess I can pray to God whenever I need. Nuh-uh. Pray. Spend time with God. Read your Bible. Not because you have to. Because you know that he's your heavenly father. And it ends with this very important verse. Many people argue actually that 1 John was out of all the books that were written. Revelation was even written a little bit before. The, these letters that he wrote were towards the end of his life. The Apostle John. And this is, these are some of the last books of the Bible ever written. And when he was writing this, one of the key things that I would say is a statement for the church today. And for those of us who call ourselves children of God. Is this last statement. He says, little children, keep yourself from idols. Because you will imitate what you spend your time on. You will look like where you go. You will look like the people that you surround yourself with. So don't kid yourself. You cannot have friendship with the world and then start to think, well, I'm still buddy-buddy with God. Does that mean hating people? No. But it talks about, I deliberately choose to dedicate my life to Jesus. Talking about that, that is one of the things that our friend over here, Maven, has decided to do today. She says, out of all the things that I could do with my life, I'm so glad that God gave me an understanding to know that Jesus loves me. And he has given his spirit to me. To be in me, to show me, to teach me how to live every day. God is going to teach you more than you ever know. More than even I know about God. And the amazing thing is, you will not need anyone to say, well, you can't understand this. Because God will help you understand. Okay? So the important thing is, when Jesus comes into our heart, we say, I want to take a step to say, I have followed, I've decided to follow Jesus. And that's what baptism is. We say, I'm going in, I'm laying down the right to myself, I'm putting it down. And when I come back out of that water, I'm coming out a new person, not because I'm wet. I'm, I'm coming out a new person as, a, as an act where I'm saying, as God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm getting up into new life. Romans chapter 6 talks about that. So what I want each of you as kids and as adults to know, you're never too young or too old to make that decision. The days we are living in, there's a lot of stuff that's very fuzzy. You kind of, as long as you do the church thing, as long as kind of, you know, love, joy, peace, all of that stuff, guess what? The world cannot copy it. Don't kid yourself. The kindness that the world has is not the kindness of the Spirit. The goodness that the, the world has is not the goodness of the Spirit. The gentleness that the world has is not the gentleness of the Spirit. 
there is something uniquely remarkable about the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness of God that is seen only in a believer's life that cannot be copied. But we live in a world where you are told, as long as you are kind, that is God. Uh-uh, it's the wrong way around. If you have God, you can be kind the way he is. Not being kind makes you connected to God. Are you hearing me? We got to make sure that we are close to God so that we are kind the way he is kind. It comes out of who God is. So what Maven is doing here today is saying, I'm joining myself to Jesus. I'm no longer just Maven. I'm not just Maven. I am Maven who has Jesus on the inside. And now when Jesus comes out of me, like when, when I see somebody, I'm not just trying to be kind to them. I'm not just trying to be gentle, but God will help me. God will show me how to do that. All right? Do you want to come up? All right, you and your mom. Arwen's going to be baptizing her today. And we're so excited because this is a privilege.